Spoilers, spoilers, spoiler season with us. New cards! Hi, and welcome to episode three of Spoiler Season, speaking about Kaladesh. Today we're going to start off by talking about a snazzy little artifact creature. Snazzy, huh? A little snazzy artifact creature? Yeah, he's he's a nice little little spice. Filigree Familiar. Uh, Three-costed 2-2 artifact. When he enters the battlefield, gain two life. When he dies, draw a card. Your thoughts? Uh, I like this guy. So, you know... He is basically going to be, uh, it's a utility creature. Um, it is three mana, which means you can emerge out of it. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I really like it. Like right now we're emerging out of Pilgrim's Eye, right? It's kind of the default three mana card to emerge from. Um, but Pilgrim's Eye fetches you a basic land and it goes to your hand. This card gains you two and then lets you draw a card. Now, you know, if you are you think you might have issues with colors or you want to make sure you really hit that second blue mana for your deep fiend, then you might still want to use pilgrim's eye. But I think this card is still good or at least competitive against pilgrim's eye in that slot in the emerge shells. Um, I think another spot where it fits is against burn or aggro decks, right? You get to play this gain two. So you're probably, but you're, you're pseudo trading with one of their burn spells. You're very close to it. And then you get to block something, maybe kill another other threats, and then it replaces itself. You get to draw a card. So this is like, you know, somewhere between a two and three for one, um, which I, I love. Uh, this is a sideboard card against uh, an aggro burn deck, if we do see that in Kaladesh. Yeah, I agree. I think it's very solid in the slots that you talked about. Yeah, I, I really like him. I, this this thing, will, it'll, it'll see play. Uh, next, we're going to look at a set of three artifacts that have just come out. Um, they're just plain artifacts, not vessels or anything. Um, the first will be Woodweaver's Puzzle Knot. So this is two. When Woodweaver's Puzzle Knot enters the battlefield, gain three life and get three energy. You can pay two green, sacrifice it, and gain three life and get three energy. So uh, we were discussing actually our last podcast how we thought most of the energy sinks we saw, or er, uh, energy makers, were pretty slow. This is pretty fast uh it's five mana and you get six energy potentially in one two turn or over the course of two turns so if you have a really good energy payoff card this this could get you there and the three life well six life total could delay enough that you do actually get to spend the energy and get that payoff i don't know i think we're gonna have to see more of the energy payoff cards but this could be a really good ramp Sure. To put it in context with what we already know, if you play this card on turn five and you crack it right away, then you have six energy to use immediately. Uh, And if on turn four, so the turn before you played that, you played Aetherworks Marvel, then what you're able to do is you're able to go turn four Marvel, turn five, activate Marvel immediately and look at the top six of your library and cast something from among them. So this thing is kind of a quick little burst of energy, I think has some potential. I'm a little sad it doesn't replace itself in some way. Um, but if you're going to get some kind of a payoff that is worth it, or that basically, you know, draws you a card of some sort, then then that's nice. Um, and again, the, the life gain here, it's, it's making me think that we'll see an aggressive deck in standard because this is a lot of life gain. Um, in these these couple of cards and we're going to even see a couple more that are uh, you know just ways to gain life 
uh, which is is nice against aggro strategies. And they have to build in if they're going to allow red to be a really aggressive color. Right. The next artifacts uh, we'll talk about are uh, both really different than what we have kind of seen more recently. And they're, they're very flashy, very powerful, clearly. Whether they're good or not, well, we're going to tell you. Uh, so the first one is Girapur Orrery, uh, which is a four-mana artifact. Each player may play an additional land on each of his or her turns. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, if that player has no cards in hand, that player draws three cards. So this is pretty cool. It's four mana for a fast bond, a permanent fast bond stapled with a kind of iffy permanent ancestral recall. I will not discount offhand anything that has two extremely powerful effects like that staple onto one card. A four mana do nothing. Not really where I'd love to be in in standard. Uh, sure, you get to play this on turn four, and if you have another land in hand, you get to play another one immediately. Um, but, you know, so does your opponent. The land playing, you know, both sides are getting that. Um, and really the second clause is where I'm looking to take advantage of this card. I'm thinking that the second clause is where you can actually break the symmetry. If I'm playing some kind of a Delver-style deck in Standard, right, where I'm going to empty my hand uh, consistently, then the second ability is great because if you're, you know, you're playing all these bolts, bolt effects, you know, and again, we're in standard so realistically eh. but if you're playing these really cheap spells uh, and you're able to refill consistently that would be really nice another way you could do this without having to go kind of you know getaxian probe lightning bolt etc would be to go the madness route and try to just say like all right i'm gonna play news constructor discard my whole hand now my lupine prototype is active swing with a seven seven uh what is it called? News Constrictor and a 5-5 Lupine Prototype. Then next turn, I get to draw another three extra cards plus my normal card, and I rinse and repeat and do it again. Uh, now, something like that I think is, like, not really super competitive. I mean, maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll get some other pieces that'll that'll make it good. Um, but I think this is a card that I will file in the back of my head as being, hey, this is a powerful effect, and if the shell ever emerges... Or the metagame ever shifts in such a way that I want to be basically emptying my hand repeatedly, and I can do that more consistently than my opponent can, then I think this is a card that is worth slotting into a deck somewhere. Right. I think it's really important what you're emphasizing about you have to believe that your deck is going to get more benefit than your opponent's deck. And so you have to build basically around that idea that you are going to lay down all the cards in your hand before your opponent and get more benefit from that. Exactly. Because cards like this, you know, some people will even say, well, hey, if the effect's symmetrical, then yeah, it's fine to do. But it, it's not actually, none of these effects are symmetrical. You're taking your time to spend the mana and spend a card getting this effect onto the battlefield. So you're already behind when you play this card. In order to make this actually good, you need to be able to draw like 6 to 9 to 12 cards off of this. Uh, with your opponent drawing significantly less to make up for the loss of tempo, the loss of card advantage, the loss of mana. Like, it it puts you behind. Um, and you need to really make sure you're, you're taking it into the side of this card to make it worth it. Absolutely. All right. Uh, the next card does affect only yourself. So this is Panharmonicon, also Ooh. a four-costed artifact. 
Um, if an artifact or creature entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. Okay, so this card, I am a huge fan of. Now, I'm not saying this card is going to be the most competitive card in the world. Okay, what I am saying is if I have an Eternal Witness on board and I cast a Restoration Angel, two triggers on the Angel, so I get two blinks, blink Eternal Witness once. Eternal Witness comes back, I get two triggers, bring two cards from my graveyard to my hand. Blink it again, get two more Eternal Witness triggers, bring two cards from my graveyard to my hand. Draw four by playing a Resto. That is sweet, right? Thought Not Seer takes two cards out of my opponent's hand. Uh, Kitchen Finks gain four life, right? Like, there's so many good good effects that you're like, oh my gosh, if you double them, they just get broken. And, you know, neither of us are, are huge EDH players, but um, certainly it seems like this kind of a card is just completely busted in Commander. Um, I mean, Commander is highly dependent on the synergistic, synergistic uh, enter the battlefield effects, um, and it you know it wouldn't surprise me at all if this card was banned very quickly from Commander because it's just so good it's free right unlike Strionic Resonator this card you don't have to pay for it just doubles all the triggered abilities you get yeah it's crazy it it's pretty crazy um, again you are taking a turn off to do this but the payoff seems really really good. So where do you, what do you think standard has to be in order for this card to actually be good? I don't know. That That's really tough. Reflector Mage, you get two triggers. Thalia's Lieutenant, you get two triggers. Eldrazi Displacer Blinking Stuff lets you get two triggers off whatever you blink. Okay. Drowner of Hope gives you two triggers. <laughs> we have to ignore Displacer because ah! Displacer's just always really good. But I don't know. You do want a whole bunch of things with ETB, but is it better to have this and double the ETBs or... Just to play more of the cards with Enter the yeah, Battlefield. Yeah, good effects. Right. Like, then you are you have more stuff on board, more things that they have to answer. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I think this is a card where you need to have a deck that's going to be able to consistently get a huge amount of value off its ETBs to make this good. I think in Standard, you might, you're just kind of unlikely to see that. So, as cool as this card is, I don't have high hopes for it in Standard, sadly. Um... But I would love, and we'll see, we'll see. Because one thing to remember is Fabricate is an ETB, right? So sure. Fabricate means that now you get to put two counters or twice as many counters on the creature. Um, and and that can really make a lot of creatures more aggressive. Uh, and and we'll, we'll basically just have to see how many good ETBs we're getting. Um, because we have Reflector Mage. There's no doubt that card is great already. And being able to reflect two things is very good, right? Yeah. But I can't build the decks out of panharmonicons and reflector mages as much <laughs> as much as I might like to. Um, so if we get more uh, more effects like this, and we get some kind of way to, you know, I don't want to not like a new collected company, but some way to kind of spam these creatures out quickly and not lose card advantage from it, um, then I, I, you know, I could see this card seeing play. We definitely don't need another reflected company. Uh, collected company. Oh, reflected company? What's that? Blue, white, green, one. Search library for two reflector mages. Put them onto the battlefield. I'd play that card all day. So that wraps up for the artifacts. We're going to look at a pair of sorceries. Live fast and die young. 
Oh, I, I mean, I'm trying to live fast, but I don't want to die young, Kate. I don't know. Die young is a really good card. Yeah. They, uh, so these two cards are both good. Um, live fast is black two. You draw two cards, lose two life, and get two energy counters. Um, this card, I think, is pretty straightforward to evaluate. I think that it looks more or less like a replacement for Read the Bones. Read the Bones is going to be rotating. Um, if we don't get a good blue card draw spell, and we have to keep making do with these kind of mid-game, turn three, turn four, just keep the cards flowing, make sure you hit your land drops cards, then this is fine. It's worse than Read the Bones. I, I mean, I think we'll see how good energy is in a control shell, but I'd still rather have the Scry 2, I think, because it allows you to hit your land drops more consistently. This is basically Knight's Whisper, and you're paying one extra mana for the two energy. Um, so th this card is fine. Um, I think it'll see play, uh, but it, it's not exciting. Yeah, I think you're right. In the control shell, you probably prefer the Scry, um, but I do wonder if maybe we'll have a control finisher that has something to do with energy, because in that case, this could be... Sure, kind of like a, a clock. Right, right. right. Uh, Die Young is black one. Choose target creature. You get two energy counters. Then you may pay any amount of energy. The creature gets minus one, minus one until end of turn for each energy paid this way. So a couple of things to keep in mind is that um, this card's really flexible. You choose a creature, but you don't actually have to spend any energy. So basically, this could read as black one, get you energy. Uh, alternatively, this could be a minus one, minus one. Could be a minus two, minus two. Or if you have a bunch of energy, this is just black one, kill a creature. Yeah. Right? So I think this also has a lot of potential. And I think if you are running a deck which can kind of incidentally build up energy, then Die Young is a really good card. Certainly, it gets worse in multiples. Because if I am, you know, I have a lot of ways to reduce energy, kind of incidentally, but I don't have a ton of payoffs, then Die Young is a great payoff. But if I dump all my energy into this, then the second copy of Die Young is not going to be as good. Absolutely. I, I still think they're excellent. I'm not sure what the correct balance will be in decks, right? Like maybe you don't run four of, because like you said, if you're spending all your mana on the, or energy on the first Die Young, um, it's not going to be very exciting when you play your second. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking for the flavor win of turn three, live fast, turn four, <laughs> die young. Uh, or just turn five, live fast, die young. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me as well. Um, next card up, we have a red... Uh, gremlin. Gremlin. Is that your gremlin sound? Can it, we, can it we hear that? I think the, the listeners love to hear that no, again. No, I think we're just going to read the card now. Okay. It's a uh, red three. Uh, two two trample. Whenever you gain one or more energy, territorial devourer gets plus two plus two till end of turn. I'll admit, I read this the first time. I read it quickly. I thought it was whenever you gain an energy counter, it gets <laughs> plus two plus two. I was like, dang, this is going to be the most busted top end for red. Yeah, like ever trample, but. It's not. It's whenever you gain one or more. So it's uh, very watered down. Basically, you should consider this to be reliably a 4-4, um, you know, assuming you have it in a reasonable shell. I think uh, if you build the deck well, then this could be a 6-6 trample. Um, and that's not bad. Like, if you're aggressive already and you're kind of on the beatdown, and you go turn 4, play this, turn 5, swing for 6 trample, and consistently be able to swing with that 6 trample damage, I think that's good. 
Yeah, I, I guess I just don't believe that you're going to consistently be swinging for six trample. I don't know, but we'll see. I think that's the bar, right? I think that, like, it has, in order for this card to be really good, it needs to be at least six. I think if you're paying four for a 4-4 four, four trample, that's not something that red, you know, like a red beatdown deck really wants. And maybe I'm just thinking, maybe I'm, I just have the wrong shell. Maybe this isn't supposed to be in a red beatdown deck. But to me, this elicits, like, memories of landfall, right? Oh, and absolutely. That's the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah, so the trample. So to me, I need to be able to get at least two triggers off this for it to be good. Which seems, and again, like, we keep saying this, but we gotta see what other energy sources come out. But it seems tricky because if I'm spending time beating down with creatures, then... You're not spending time in cards gaining right. energy. What I could see is, uh, I could see this being good if we get some kind of red creature or red enchant, probably red creature. That's like whenever a creature you control attacks or whenever this creature attacks, gain one energy counter. Right. right, because then this starts looking a lot better. Absolutely, that looks that looks really great. I mean, and if if it were a red white shell, we do have that white creature that whenever a creature enters the battlefield, you gain one energy, and you could certainly see a red white aggressive, maybe with some token shell yeah, tokens. that is consistently making energy. And then this looks a lot lot better. Sure, sure, cool. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that one. Our next card, I, I like this name. I hope. That it's not a mistranslation, because I would look forward to playing a card named this. Uh, Demon of Shady Schemes. <laughs> Shady Schemes that he's hatching. That's great. So this is Black 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 3 for a 5-5 five, five flying demon. When Demon of Shady Schemes enters the battlefield, all other creatures get minus 2, minus 2 until end of turn. Whenever another creature dies, gain 1 energy counter. And... You can pay black two and four energy. Put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield tapped under your control. Go ahead. Wow. Yeah. I mean, um, so the minus two, minus two could do a lot of damage and wipe the board. Um, it does not seem unreasonable that you would be able to pay four energy pretty easily with a card like this. Uh, and in the black deck already, we've seen live fast, die young. We kind of like them both. We think you're going to be gaining energy in this kind of shell and, um, target creature from a graveyard. You can get your opponent's creatures you can get your own. This is a pretty late game play. This is turn six. There's, there's probably something at least okay that you want to get at that point or in the late game. Um, but yeah, the board wipe is just... I mean, and, and it's not going to wipe the whole board, but even if it wipes away your own Kalidas tokens and then you... Ishkana spiders, right? Oh, yeah. They go turn five Ishkana, turn five demon, uh, turn six demon just wipes them. You get a bunch of energy and like, that's that's sweet. Totally. Um, I, I like this card a lot. Uh, I think triple black is something to keep an eye on because uh, we are seeing a decent number of triple color, three color shells. We're seeing Sultai emerge, Teamer emerge. Um, we're seeing, but at the same time, though, white-black control, right, which is only two colors. And I think you are looking to play this in probably a two-color shell, but this has the potential to be really powerful. You get to, yeah, it's good in multiples, right? You play it, uh, you can get back another demon um, and get another wipe. If you pan Harmonicon this, this is just <laughs> languish attached to a 5-5 five, five body that gives you a bunch of energy and then brings creatures back from the graveyard. Right. 5-5 five, five flying body. And it's not legendary. So you just keep them both on board, swing for 10 in the air. Yeah. And and I like, I, I like too, that this 
gives you energy for your own creatures dying, which means you yeah. mentioned Kalidus, right? I, I do see, you know, if I'm playing a control shell, Kalidus is probably my turn four, turn five play. So if I have maybe one or two zombies off Kalidus and then I play the demon, uh, you know, I get to wipe away my two demons, uh, my two zombies that I am pretending that I have, uh, and get some energy. Every creature that I kill of my opponents gives me energy and gives me a zombie. And then I can sack the zombies to Kalidus to give myself more energy. <laughs> right, because it's not like the effect just goes away on the enter the battlefield. It's whenever another creature dies, gain energy. Yeah. This thing's great. Especially, like, also you're running... Who needs, like, graveyard hate, like, rest in peace when you have this guy? And your opponent now has to be worried that if they mill an Emrakul into their graveyard, you get to steal it. And I don't care about the cast trigger. Like, if I get to pay three mana and get a 13-13 flyer, sign me up. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so this card, uh, I think you'll still see play as a one to two of in shells like Jund, uh, and I think in uh, control decks as well, if you're going the more creature-heavy route. Yeah. Which has been sort of the control MO recently. It's it's a more like lay down your grip, not pure control. Definitely. That's definitely the direction Wizards has been trying to push control in. Yeah. For better or for worse. <laughs> um, next up we have our five enemy fast lands. They have completed the cycle of fast lands from Scars of Meriden, um, which have seen lots of play in modern. These lands are going to see lots of play in modern. Um, I think that the fact we're getting a green black and a white black means that Obzon, which has already seen a bunch of play at Worlds now, and the last couple of GPs, Obzon's going to get even better. Um, because now it's going to be able to consistently hit Grimflare on turn two. Uh, and that's, that's just a really powerful thing to be able to do. I do like that they chose to complete this cycle um, with the Painlands from Origins rotating out, the Painlands enabled more aggressive strategies, right? They were enemy colored and they did, came in untapped all the time, even though they would deal damage to you. Uh, I think it's important when a set of lands that enables more aggressive strategies rotates out, you rotate in a set that also allows for more aggressive strategies. And these definitely do that because they're going to come in untapped during the first three turns of the game. Right. So side note, if you haven't seen these lands, they enter the battlefield tapped unless you control two or fewer lands. So these really lend themselves to aggro strategies because late game they are coming in tapped. But if you are an aggressive deck, you don't care. Right. Right. Good. Um, so yeah, those, pick them up. Uh, make sure you get them. Get a <laughs> place will, out of each. They will hold value. At well, least some of them. We'll see. Uh, I think that like, the way cards, and we you know, we could do a whole podcast on this, but like the way cards hold value has has changed a little bit because the supply has increased so much, and the the market has increased a lot, and now people know that like, oh, these cards are good in modern. I should pick these up while they're you know five dollars, four dollars in standard. Uh, and then everyone then who needs them already has them. Yeah, and you know I don't think they'll they'll be as impressive as like Black Blue Cliffs, which is at twenty dollars right now. So we'll see. Um, yeah, so those are the fast lands. Uh, next up, we have a couple of cards spoiled today. Uh, all of these things are, of course, from packs, um, which is why we have kind of a larger number than we might normally. First card we have is Oval Chase Daredevil. This, <laughs> so much flavor. So this is a creature human pilot. Um, 
black three for a four two. Whenever an artifact enters the battlefield under your control, you may return this creature from the graveyard to your hand. Um, so if you haven't seen the art for this, it's this girl, this pilot taking off her helmet and walking away from the wreckage of some vehicle. And, um, it was funny cause we saw that she was a pilot and we're like, Hmm, that's weird. Like she doesn't get any benefits when she taps, but it's so obvious from the card art that she's like this daredevil pilot that crashes all these ships dot like you know like falls apart in the record like goes to the graveyard but as soon as you have another ship for her to crew she is back there she is ready to crew that ship into the ground to crash that ship oh yeah into the ground. i think yeah. that's what she's about um yeah i don't think the card's actually very good um like this is fine and limited uh if especially if you're gonna be playing a lot of artifacts i don't want to pay four mana for a four two that comes back to my hand not even the battlefield yeah uh it's not good but it's like flavorful like you said it's clever uh it's a very different spin on black graveyard recursion Mm -hmm. right like they've really done a good job in my opinion of doing a different spin on black in kaladesh uh so the next card that we have up is one that i'm really excited about uh aerial responder or vampire white hawk uh this is white white one for a two three with flying vigilance and lifelink if you swapped out the white mana symbols for black and swapped out Vigilance for Death Touch, that's Vampire Nighthawk. Uh, this card is also a dwarf, which, if dwarf tribal's a thing, becomes even more relevant. Uh, I think this card's really good. Vampire Nighthawk saw a lot of play. Yes, Death Touch is better than Vigilance, but this is still great. In like a aggressive white shell, it's good. It helps you gain back some life. It's a flyer. Great. It can attack, and then it can also tap to pilot uh, a vehicle during your opponent's turn. Um, this thing is is nice, and the, you know you can play it a mid range shell where you know turn two Sylvan Advocate, turn three Responder, and you just start swinging, gain some life. It's just it's a good card. You know it has a lot of keywords. I think it's a straightforward, solid card. Yeah, that'll see some play. Absolutely. What's up next? Uh, next we have Essence Extraction. This is black black one instant. Essex. Essence Extraction deals three damage to target creature and you gain three life. We do still have cards like Grasp of Darkness, Black One, Minus Four, Minus Four. No, it's just Black Black. Oh, Black Black. Okay. Black Black. Well, I knew it was two cost. <laughs> um, minus Four, Minus Four to a creature. Um, we have Murder right now, which is same cost, Black Black One, and just destroy target creature. So the real kicker on this one will be whether or not the gain three life matters so if kaladesh sets itself up for a very aggressive red strategy then a black control deck might favor this kill spell over or not over but maybe in addition to some of the other right so what we've seen consistently with why i'm thinking that red aggro and you know it doesn't have to be red but some kind of aggro deck will probably end up becoming playable is we're seeing a lot of these cards that just have life gain right it's kind of stapled onto them and that are you know close to playable and with the life gain tacked on if that's something that ends up being important then they're super playable because right now like you said murder is strictly better than this card if you don't care about the life gain yeah right it's just better so uh, I definitely, though, would rather play this card in my control deck if I'm playing against a you know aggressive red burn strategy. 
Um, and this kind of continues the trend that Wizards has been pushing removal spells in, which is instead of having these catch-all answers to everything, it's just, oh, you know, uh, here is downfall, pay three, get rid of anything on the board that you don't like, right? right? Uh, instead, you have to kind of customize your removal suite to what you expect the metagame to be. So if I'm expecting a lot of Jund Delirium decks, then I'm going with Murder. If I expect a lot of aggressive strategies, I'm going to go with Essence Extraction. So, uh, because, you know, this card really is a two-for-one if it's a burn deck, right? You're trading one of your cards for a creature and for one of their burn spells, presumably. So, yeah. Yeah. Next up is Ceremonious Rejection. This is blue for counter-target colorless spell, and it is an instant. Yeah, this thing will largely hinge on whether there end up being uh, a lot of artifacts that you really, really want to counter very efficiently. Because right now, and you know, post post rotation of Eldrazi, this card actually might get a little bit better-ish. Like right now, that's just not what I want to counter Eldrazi with. Like, sure, I can counter Emrakul. I can counter um, Elder Deep Fiend, uh, I can counter Distended Mindbender, but all of those things have cast triggers. Um, right. Summary Dismissal is really the direction you want to go against those things. Um, and like, yeah, you can argue that this card being one mana makes it a better tempo play, but at the same time, not really. If Like, yeah, you're paying less mana, but they're getting their ability, right? They're getting their cast trigger, whereas Summary Dismissal is more mana, but shuts off the cast trigger, which is really the reason you play those cards. So I think that there really need to be very playable vehicles or very playable artifacts um, that people are worried about. And then maybe you can bring this in uh, from your sideboard uh, to get rid of them. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, I mean, people do play Deep Fiend and Mindbender and such for their cast triggers, but it, it's not insignificant that they leave behind like a 6-5 body or... Yeah, that's true. But like, if I'm choosing between, I can counter the body and die from the cast trigger, or I can just counter both. I'm gonna choose to counter both, even if it's three more mana. Yeah, because there's also like, and you know, Turbo Emrakul can cast Emrakul pretty quickly, but often it's the one mana versus four mana against that particular deck is not going to be as important as just countering the cast trigger. Yeah. So our final card for today is Inventor's Goggles. This is a one-costed equipment, artifact equipment. Uh, Equip creature gets plus one, plus two. Whenever an artificer enters the battlefield under your control, you may attach the goggles to it, or you can equip for two. Yeah, what do you think of this one? Um, it's not very exciting. Uh, plus one, plus two is fine. I don't know how many artificers we have, but even if there are a ton, just meh. Yeah, my thoughts too. I think this is actually pretty good, or at least pretty decent in limited. Um, being able to go plus one, plus two is, the plus two in particular, I think is is really nice. Um, it's cheap to play, cheap to equip. I think the only way this sees play is if we end up seeing more of an equipment sub-theme in Kaladesh. We've had hints for a while that Wizards kind of wants to do something with equipment, right? We've had cards in both Shadows Block and Zendikar Block that have had 
equipment lords is a bit of a strong word, but creatures that care about equipment, that whenever an equipped creature dies, draw a card, or equipped creatures get plus one plus one, or things like that. And maybe Kaladesh will be the payoff block for that. Maybe we'll finally get equipment that are actually worth playing. Um, we'll, you know, have to wait and see. This card is not the game-breaking equipment, no. but it's efficient. It's cheap. It will automatically equip stuff if the uh, equipment matter sub-theme ends up including a lot of uh, these artificers, then I can see it being good. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think it's it's just not worth the card. Yeah, I agree. It is um, it is nice, though, to automatically equip, and I do think you will incidentally have a lot of artificers. Already we've seen um, the 2-3 elf that uh, gains energy whenever you play a land. That's an artificer. The glint sleeve artisan that has fabricate is an artificer. Okay. And... Um, the five costed one one elf is also an artificer. Okay. So they they are around, and I'm sure we'll see more. Um, so it, it may be relevant kind of and limited, an, but yeah. maybe incidental creature type on Kaladesh. Just yeah. Everyone's an uh, artificer. I mean, those are the stars of Kaladesh, right? They're yeah. They're the popular ones. Sweet. Well, uh, that's it. We're finally caught up on the pack spoilers from this weekend, uh, which is pretty exciting. Um, and starting tomorrow on Monday, we're going to end up getting the normal, you know, five to ten cards from Wizards each day, uh, culminating in the full set being spoiled next Friday. So, uh, yeah, we'll have these podcasts recorded generally the evening of and posted uh, the, that evening or the following morning. You can definitely uh, still get uh, subscribe to our feed on iTunes um, and on Google Play, we're still under review, so hopefully that will go up soon. But for now, iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, follow us on Twitter or Tumblr, um, spoilerseason.com, um, I think spoilerseason.tumblr.com, right? And then uh, Twitter at spoilerseason, same kind of deal. So uh, I think it's spoiler underscore season for Twitter, right? Yep. Cool. So uh, a lot of ways that you can get in touch. What do you think about the Kaladesh cards? Are there any cards that you disagree with us on that you think will be super playable? Uh, I know for me, I'm still hoping that Pan Harmonicon, that card is so sweet. I'd love for that card to see play. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. It's shaping up so far with these uh, first 44 cards to be a, a very fun set and uh, doing some things that are pretty different from sets we've had recently. So I'm, I'm looking forward to playing this set in Standard and Limited. I'm Ryan. I'm Katie. And this is Spoiler, Spoiler Season. Season.